welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral. Appreciate you listening. As always, if you dig the show, tell people about it. If you uh, feel inspired to write a review on iTunes, that would be awesome, especially if it's especially if it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I just uh, you know, again, I've I've been one of my friends was saying something like, oh, "I'm really intrigued by what you're doing about you know, you're posting more podcasts, quick episodes, just some thoughts, and it feels sort of like a journal, a blog." And yeah, maybe that is what I'm doing. I'm not quite sure, but I I think to be honest. I, I do feel a little insecure sometimes as to what I'm doing. You know, I posted a podcast yesterday, and I used the I used Hitler in the title, and and I felt like, oh God, is that weird to do? And I ultimately changed the title, and and because yeah, I didn't want people to get the wrong idea about me. And I actually think the podcast was taken down off of iTunes for like eight hours because I woke up this morning and it was gone. And then I changed the title, and then it was back up again. So I think. You know, we all get insecure. We all want to be liked, and that's a normal thing to sort of experience. And I and we all want to be understood. We all want to be heard. Um, and I'm bringing this up because, yeah, I did feel some insecurity this morning when I woke up and saw the podcast was taken down, and I was like, "Oh shit, did I piss people off?" And I think I was, and I even thought about my podcast. I thought, "Gosh, am, am, am I making any sense?" And I'm bringing this up because there's two two students of mine that come to my yoga class pretty much every time, and they're really nice, and clearly they must like my class, um, or else they wouldn't come, they wouldn't come all the time. But and I've become friends with them a little bit. I really like them, and and I introduced them to the interview that I had with Colin Wright. I told I told one of them to listen to it um, about two months ago, and. He really enjoyed it and really dug it. And part of me sort of started thinking over the last like six weeks, huh, I wonder what they think about me as a yoga teacher, because here I am teaching yoga, and then I have this podcast where I sort of like talk, uh, I talk a lot about um, Instagram and the impact that it's having on our culture. And so he came up to me today and he said, you know, I listened to the interview with Zoe and, and I really... Uh, liked it a lot, the interview with Austin or with this Austin based yoga teacher, and he really enjoyed it. And he, he liked hearing the perspective on the differences between LA and Austin. And I'm bringing this up because then I said, God, it's really cool to hear because sometimes I wonder if you think, if you, if it feels weird to take a yoga class from me. And then his response was, um, no, it, it actually all sort of like ties in and makes sense. It, you know, uh, he said, yeah, I think yoga or, or what you talk about in class about trying to bring awareness to your thoughts and not getting distracted. And then you sort of talk about it on the podcast. It all sort of, it makes sense. Like it all fits into one sort of, it, it all fits in a pie. And and I was relieved, of course. Uh, but yeah, I sort of was thinking like, God, where, where did this all come from? This, this, these, the podcast or the ideas, rather the ideas about Instagram and the world. And I think I think it's sort of three or four fold here. I think teaching yoga, I've really become conscious of what I want people to sort of think about in a class. And I I don't talk about Instagram in class. That's the last thing I talk about. But I do talk about towards the end about being aware of your own thoughts and not being distracted and not being sort of, I don't say manipulated. I don't use that word when I teach. 
But I do think it's important for people to turn off the noise and whether that's Instagram, whether that's the television, whether that's other people's thoughts, whether it's responsibilities, I do think it's important for people to turn all of that off because then you can actually connect with yourself and your own thoughts and your own desires and your own sort of dreams and hopes. And I do believe that is ultimately why people originally started practicing yoga to connect with themselves. Now, obviously, that's changed over the years, and it's become very physical, uh, physically based. And of course, I like a physically challenging class. But I think as a yoga teacher, it is, it's a responsibility of mine to remind people to connect with their own thoughts, whether that's, and that could be in relation to anything. So there's that part. I also started writing a book over the last like 18 months, and I'm really in this middle of the second draft right now. And I think it wasn't until then that I realized, huh, I'm really easily distracted. And I was wondering why. And this was sort of towards the beginning of the process of writing. And I I came to a, a realization that it's because of Instagram. It's because of my cell phone. It's because of the dopamine. And it's because I enjoy getting likes. And it's 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 a platform that I often turn to when I was um, bored or was passing the time. And I, I went through that probably for about a year uh, before I started writing my book. And then I, then I started writing. I was like, holy shit, this, this has to stop. I, so, that's, so then I became very, I became proactive and I became more aware of why am I going to social media? Why am I turning to my phone? And even today I'm starting a, like the third section of my book, and I, I hit a wall. I didn't know how to begin it or start it. And I went outside for a walk and just didn't bring my phone and just was thinking. And, and I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't consciously trying to think of something. I just wanted some time by myself. And sure enough, in those 15 minutes, and that's all it took. It was just 15 minutes. I actually like came up with this great idea. I wrote it down, and I started I was able to flush out this idea that I had, and now it's like really good, and I'm really enjoying where it's going. So um, I think writing the book has really made me aware of the impact of technology and cell phone. I also have a couple friends that are minimalists, and they've been suggesting, you know, they, they were very supportive of my creativity, and they're not just mine, just artists in general. And there is sort of this intimate process of connecting with your uh, creative pursuits. It's a very personal thing. Uh, it takes time and it requires attention. It requires deep thought. It requires focus. And so my friends have been really paying attention to that and they've gotten me interested in the world of minimalism and and they've introduced me to people like Cal Newport and Colin Bright. And am I, am I throwing away all of my stuff? Am I? No, not at all. But I am much more, I'm already a pretty aware person of my thoughts and my feelings, but now I've, I, I'm pretty hyper aware now of, of the things that I digest and is it triggering me? Is it affecting my thought pattern? So, um, yeah, I think that also has played into sort of my interest level in this topic of, of our culture and Instagram. And, um, also my book sort of is about this, and last but not least, I just think I've been interested in sort of human behavior. I didn't remember, I didn't study psychology, but I have some friends that are psychologists, and I've always been interested in human behavior and how people 
latch on to things, how we connect with other people. What What is it? Is it the way we're raised? Is it our environment? Is it to feel safe? I think safety is a really big deal. People, that idea of feeling safe at home, um, you know, it, it's so powerful. And what makes us feel safe? And what makes us feel comfortable? And what gives us you know, love or attention. And I, I, this kind of stuff has always really interested in me. So I think I'm just blown away at how things take over our culture, um, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, the cell phone, music. How, you know, how does music become so popular? Who's deciding what gets heard, gets seen? Who's, who's sort of the gatekeeper at, a t- at, a, at Fox, at CNN. I, I mean, I just think there's people out there that are deciding what gets heard and seen. And who are they? Where do they come from? Uh, I, I've just have always found that kind of stuff interesting, you know. And, and who's controlling what's getting seen and heard on your Instagram page or your Facebook page or your Twitter page? So you add all of that up. And I created the podcast. And I wanted to talk to friends about, God, are they dealing with the same shit with Instagram? I mean, I think it's important to talk about because Instagram and Facebook, it's this huge part of life. And even if you're not on it very much, and I'm not, I primarily now, I love that I primarily use it just to post about my podcast and like music or maybe a quote that I read and that's it because I just, I don't want to get involved. Um but I do think the vast majority of people are using it and they're being triggered by it and they're being manipulated by it. And our culture now is so affected by it that even if you aren't making it a part of your life, more than likely you have five or six or seven friends that are affected by it. And that ultimately affects the way they think and talk the way they communicate to you if you're not on social media. And it does have this trickle-down effect to everybody in our culture. Um, Last segment, only two segments today. Seth Godin. You know, I don't want to get too much into Seth, but he's become pretty well known uh, specifically in marketing and he's written a lot of books I do find it interesting though that he sold his company to Yahoo or, or rather he I think he worked at Yahoo in marketing let me just actually hold on I don't want to give you um, misinformation he's American author and former dot-com business executive uh, he went to Stanford Tufts so he launched something called Yo-Yo Dine in 1995 using contests, online games, and scavenger hunts to market companies to participating users. Whatever that means. I, I, it almost feels like he's using similar tactics to like Vegas or what Facebook did with their gaming platforms to get people hooked. Um, and he ended up publishing a lot of books. Oh, this is it. He sold that company, Yo-Yo Dine, to Yahoo for almost $30 million and became Yahoo's vice president of direct marketing. You know, I, I don't know Seth at all. 
Um, but I, you know, I do think he's not on Facebook. He's not on Instagram. He does use Twitter and he posts blog posts, um, every day. Um, and he sort of becomes sort of this marketing guy, but I, I do think he's also been the benefactor of a lot of money, obviously selling his company, um, to Yahoo. So I think it's easy to not be on, not worry too much about Instagram and Facebook when you just got $30 million and you're not trying to sort of like promote your uh, writing career. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I just think he has the luxury of saying a lot of things. I guess this is my point, and this gets to a post that he wrote that I found interesting. He says a lot of things that are well said and well spoken, but they feel unrealistic to me. Or it, it, it has this sort of mansion on the hill kind of vibe. And I even felt that way before I knew that he made $30 million selling his business to Yahoo. Um, like, it just feels like he's disconnected from reality. And this is so this is my point. So he wrote something called The Appropriate Medium a couple days ago. And I'll read it to you. So we spend all day communicating, and we've invented myriad a myriad of ways to do it. You can buy a stamp, press a button, rent a room, or use a microphone. Choose wisely. Don't send an email when you should pick up the phone instead. Don't send a text when an email makes more sense. Don't have a meeting when a memo is more likely to get the point across. Don't give a speech when a blog post would reach more people with more impact. And don't write it down when it's better said live. So that's the post. And yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, but I don't think he's living in the real world um, in the sense that, like I mentioned this yesterday, I posted something on Instagram and then I got sort of a snarky comment from a friend and I just sort of ignored it. And then I got another more snarky comment, comment from Vetus and I was about to comment back but then I said to myself, wait, I don't want to have an exchange on Instagram. I want to actually call him and talk to him. And fortunately, I actually have his number. Um, and so we could have a conversation. But what Seth's talking about, it's it's not realistic. Because, for example, there's sometimes people where I will I will call them and they won't call me back. Or I'll text them and they won't respond to my text. But then I message to them on Instagram and they get back to me. It, and it's and there's other people out there that don't ever check their voicemail anymore. They only they only communicate through text. And I've actually noticed over the last year that people don't really respond to my emails much anymore. Like I've emailed hotels to get gigs, no response. I send a Instagram message to the hotel, and they write back to me like within two hours. Um, I I had a gig at a at a venue, and. Um, oh yeah, I got booked at a gig. I wasn't sure I could make it. And because I was going out of town or something. So I emailed the booker and she didn't write me back. I emailed her again. She didn't write me back. Then I sent her a message via Instagram and she writes me back right away. It's, it's like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it anymore. Like people who we don't know how somebody is communicating now. They could be using WhatsApp. They could be using Instagram. I mean, kids now, and I, I, I just got off the phone with 
a friend of mine whose daughter is like 16, she doesn't talk anymore. She doesn't talk anymore on the phone. Like literally, the only way she communicates is via text. So that's, there's like this sort of wild, wild west of communication going on. We don't know who communicates. We don't know how anybody communicates anymore. And the vast majority of people aren't really talking much anymore. And so in Seth's sort of world, yeah, it makes sense to actually, if somebody to have that much awareness and know it all to like, oh, I think I should send a memo instead of an email or, you know, I should call this person instead of text them. No, that that's that's just not realistic. And we also sort of live in this reactionary world and instantaneous world where 24-7 people are, expect to get a hold of you all the time. They want a response like right away. And, and I'm guilty of it too. And it's just, and do you, do you text the person back? Do you call the person back? And, and I, I actually prefer talking on the phone, but most people that I know don't prefer talking on the phone anymore. Uh, there's a, there's a very few people that actually do that anymore. So anyway, my point is, is that Seth, I, I like what he's doing. I like some of the things he's saying, but it doesn't feel realistic. This this world now that we live in is it's chaotic communication. It's reactionary. It's instantaneous. It's filled with expectation. It's filled with ego, and you know that moment when Vetus writes a comment on my Instagram post. Yeah, I was about to write something in response right away because I was reacting quickly, um, but then I came to my senses. And I gave him a call. But let's say I didn't have his phone number, or let's say I didn't come to my senses, or let's say I was like much younger, or I was more emotional. I think that's the thing. That's my last point, and then I'll, let it, I'll say goodbye. We live in such a hyper-emotional state now, our culture. Everybody is reacting fast, quick, instantaneously. They want to be the first. They want to be the best. They want to be right they want to call out people. They want to bully people. They don't care about communication anymore. They don't care about hearing or seeing the person anymore. And when you're on Instagram and you get like 20, 30,000 followers, you obviously don't have 30,000 followers. You don't have all of their phone numbers. The only way you can communicate with them is via Instagram if you choose to. Or if you're on Twitter and you have like 20,000 followers and somebody tweets at you, even though you know you shouldn't be looking at it, people still do. And then are you going to tweet back and then go on in that exchange? And people will say, oh, just ignore that tweet. But the reality is, is that people by nature are insecure and they're curious what other people think about them. So the vast majority of people are going to go look at Twitter to see what people said about them, but then they can't respond to them because they don't want to engage or they don't have their phone number. It's, I wish it was as simple as Seth sort of makes it out to be. It's not that simple anymore. So, and this is the other thing. I'll end it this way. You know, I, I tell people, um, yeah, I still use Instagram because, again, I think if you're an artist, I do still believe if you're an artist or if you're a creator, you have something to sell, it's important to use Instagram, Facebook, Twitter to get the word out. So maybe I'm trying to figure out and speak with people how to navigate a social media platform 
where you know it's important to use to share your creative pursuits, but you don't want to be affected by the manipulation and the bullshit that's found on Instagram. And I think I've sort of um, sorting it out on my own. But um, anyway, so it's been nice to talk to like other artists and yoga teachers and sort of figure out how how they deal with it. Um, so yeah, that's the podcast. I appreciate you listening. I wasn't sure I was going to record one today, but I had this class that I taught tonight and my, those two people that come to my class were just talking to me, were talking to me about my podcast with Zoe. And I was like, oh, cool. It was really cool to hear that they actually (laughs) didn't think that I was insane, (laughs) despite the fact that they go to my uh, yoga class and listen to my podcast. So there you go. Thanks so much for listening to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.